Welcome to Wildwood College Life of Wildwood Community Church in Norman, Oklahoma. We are four following Jesus together to the glory of God. We meet on Sunday mornings at 945 for Bible teaching, breakfast, and fellowship, and would love to see you there this week. Follow us on Instagram at Wildwood College for more information. And with that, let's dive into this week's message. Before we get started, I need to do a quick poll. Uh, I'm going to ask you guys your fam- favorite streaming service, okay? So whose favorite is Netflix? Yeah? Wow, no one really likes Netflix. All right. Uh, Hulu. Yeah? Okay, we got some Hulu folks. What about uh, Disney Plus? Okay, we got some Marvel and Star Wars fans in here. All right. What about, is there any others? HBO Max. Ah, uh, no, y'all are. Whoa, y'all. What? What? That app was not designed for humans to use. I gotta say, it's not. It. It does not work. It doesn't work. Okay, so, guys, I have to. I have to share with you. During the pandemic, I discovered something about myself. I love reality TV competitions. Anyone else? Yeah? Yeah, reality TV competitions? Okay, so I'm a competitive person. I'm not very athletic, so I just kind of picture myself in like a reality TV competition. I'm like, man, I would thrive, right? So I love cutthroat, intense competitions. So Survivor. Anybody? Survivor? Yeah? Greatest show of all time. It's not even close. Survivor. Once you get past people on the beach, let's throw up that slide. Once you get past the people on the beach in their underwear, it's great, okay? Survivor. Outwit, outlast, outplay. It's awesome. What about Big Brother? Any Big Brother fans in here? Yeah? Okay, what about Alone? Anybody seen Alone? So good. So good. There's just something about people filming themselves in the woods trying to, like, not die. That's awesome. Okay, like I said, I love cutthroat, intense competition, so... Great British baking show. Anybody? <laughs> Cut through. So good. There's just something about that that just puts you to sleep. I don't know what it is. I think it's the soundtrack. So good. Okay. So during quarantine, Carly and I were trying to find shows that we could watch, right? Because you really couldn't do much else. And one of the things that we wanted was a show that wasn't too serious, wasn't too funny. We were trying to find the perfect show. It couldn't just have one season because, I mean, we didn't know how long we were going to be under quarantine, let's be honest. And so we were trying to find the perfect show. And you guys have probably been in a similar situation, right? You know the drill. You put on Netflix, Hulu, whatever, and you're trying to find that perfect show. And you scroll, and you're like, ah, I'll add that one to my list. Ah, I'll add that one to my list. And then the next thing you know, you've been scrolling for an hour, trying to find the perfect opportunity. It's like this FOMO on Netflix, where it's like, I don't want to miss out on the coolest new true crime documentary, right? Like, I want to make sure to find and spend my time valuably. I don't want to waste any of it. And you can spend more time looking for a show than actually watching the show. You know, if you had just watched that good show right when you started, the, the good show right when you started that you add to the list, you could have watched two or three episodes by the time you spent looking for the perfect show, right? And a similar experience happened to me when I was a college freshman at OU. So this is college freshman Kevin. 
and I wanted to find the perfect church, okay? I wanted to find the perfect church for the stage of life that I was in, okay? I was a college freshman who had just joined a fraternity, and I had been pretty scarred by the church. So I was pretty wary of joining a church community. So coming to college, I wasn't the most excited about finding a church, but I knew that it was something that I probably should do. You know, I was praying, God, I I think I want to grow spiritually in college. And so, you know, I figured it was important. But I treated church as a Netflix selection, okay? I, there were tons of churches, you know, that I would talk to my friends and be like, what church do you go to? What church do you go to? And I would basically compile them and add them to my attend list or tryout list. And with the convenience that kind of occurred of never having to commit, some things happened. I could sleep in some, some Sundays, right? If I'm not committed to a church, why do I need to show up, right? I could sleep in some Sundays, or I could just hop around until I landed at the perfect church, just like I would try to find the perfect TV show. And many of you guys are likely in the same boat. It's only natural, right? It only makes sense. That's what freshman year, the beginning of the school year, is all about, trying to find how am I going to invest my time, how am I going to spend my time, and you're trying to find the perfect church. That's probably why you're here if you haven't found a church home, is you're looking for the perfect church. Well, I want to warn you all, the danger is that you can actually spend more time looking for that perfect church than just deciding to invest somewhere. And you can waste more time looking for a church than the time that you could have spent investing in a church, right? You could waste all your time searching that you have no time left to invest. And just like wasting an hour looking through the options on Netflix, Uh, you could have already watched those two episodes of that good show. And similarly, you can spend your entire freshman year church hopping and never finding a faith community to invest in. And here's the problem. We can spend more time looking for Christian community than actually investing in one. Community takes time. Community takes time. It's not something that happens overnight. So if you're dissatisfied, ah, this isn't a good friend group, or this isn't a good friend group, and you constantly uproot all the investment that you did to find a new church, then you're never going to actually develop the community that you're looking for. And my goal today is to help everyone in this room understand your purpose in the church and understand what you need to be looking for whenever you're trying to decide which church am I going to invest in. And my goal today is to really see that you are uniquely designed to serve the church. You are uniquely designed to serve the church. If you have trusted in Christ, God has a role for you in the church. And we'll see that in how we should look to serve, not to be served. We should, we'll see that there's diversity in how God has gifted us. And spiritual gifts are designed to be used. And all these things show us that because God has blessed us with spiritual gifts upon salvation, we must respond by using those gifts in the church and for the church. Now, eventually, as a college freshman, I decided where I was going to go. And it was actually this church, Wildwood. Ten years ago, when I was a freshman, I finally decided to plug into a church. But it took me six months before I finally plugged in and decided to make Wildwood my church home. And, if, and, and one of the things that I discovered is that six months of church hopping, of screen rolling, of adding to my watch list, I finally chose my destination. 
And I look back at that, and I just wish I had picked somewhere early on that I could have invested from the very beginning. Because by the time the end of my freshman year came, I was so excited about the community that I had been developing that I'd wish I had done it in August or September. Okay, and so that's my goal for us today. Now, obviously, there are things that you should be looking for in a church. I'm not trying to discount that at all. And if Wildwood is that place for you, great. If it's not, great. My goal today is not to sell you on Wildwood Community Church. My goal today is to encourage you to find a Bible-teaching, Bible-believing church in which you can plug in and connect and stay in for your entire college career. So, with that in mind, kind of overviewing this morning, I want us to turn to Romans 12. That's going to be our book for, uh, for today, the passage that we'll be in. And let's see what the Apostle Paul says about the church body and what we should expect. Now, the book of Romans, this is a, liter- a letter written to the Roman church, okay? So this is a local congregation or a local group of believers in the church of Rome, multi-generational, uh, that is following Jesus. And Paul is writing to them, and a little bit of background on Paul, which gives him so much expertise on the things that he's talking about, is that he was a Pharisee. He was a religious, elite, Jewish person, but he was also a Roman citizen. And so what that meant was that God had uniquely designed Paul to be the perfect missionary, to be the perfect missionary. And what I mean by that is that not only could he relate with Jewish people, but he could relate to non-Jewish people. He could relate to Jewish people because he was a Pharisee. He understood the culture. But he could also relate to Gentiles or non-Jews because he was a Roman citizen. He was from the city of Tarsus. So he writes the letter to the Romans. And basically his goal in doing so is to reveal the righteousness of God to this group of people. And he spends 16 chapters talking about the righteousness of God. And as he's kind of closing the letter, Romans 12 is a lynch point or a, a fulcrum point, a point of transition where after he builds off all these things about the truth of salvation and the gospel, what is the result? If you're trusting in Christ, if you're following Christ, what should you do now? That is the transition that takes place in Romans 12. And so Paul, as he is writing this, this section, understand that it is in the context of a believing Christian, someone who is following Jesus. This is Paul's message for us. Okay, so let's read what Paul says about the church in verse three. For for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body. And each member belongs to all the others. We have different gifts, according to the grace given to each of us. If your gift is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. So for Paul, it was so important for the church in Rome to understand what it meant to be a part of this new community. This is a new community that is being formed in the first century. The church did not exist before the first century. And Paul is describing what it should look like to be a part of one of these communities. 
And so no longer were they these isolated people with their own careers, their own jobs, their own families, but they were one body. That is the illustration that Paul uses. They are so united, they are as if they are one body. And instead of their own agendas or their own goals that they're trying to achieve, they all have the same purpose, and that is to glorify God together. That is their goal. They are unified in their mission to bring God glory. In other words, bring him honor and praise and all the magnificent words and deeds that point to him, not ourselves, okay? So that is the goal of the church. So as you scroll church flicks, what should your criteria be? Again, this isn't so that you pick Wildwood, but my desire is that you would plug into a church during college quickly and not look up in a year still wondering where you're going to invest. Here's the reason why I think you should plug into a church in college, a local church, one in Norman, Oklahoma, because a church is a collection of believers that are typically geographically located. Okay, so how are you supposed to follow Jesus in your day-to-day life if your church is not in the city in which you're living, right? And the only thing that unites a church is their common bond in Jesus Christ, okay? There's no race priority. There's no generation priority. There's no ethnicity priority. The only thing that unites us is our common bond and belief in Jesus Christ. So with that background, let's read verses 3 through 5 one more time. For, the, for by the grace given me, I say to every one of you, do not think of yourself more highly than you ought, but rather think of yourself with sober judgment, in accordance with the faith God has distributed to each of you. For just as each of us has one body with many members, and these members do not all have the same function, so in Christ we, though many, form one body, and each member belongs to all the others. I love, love Paul's focus here. He's essentially saying... It's not about you. <laughs> he is simply saying in verse 3, don't think of yourself more highly than you ought. In other words, we have to remind ourselves that our salvation comes from Christ's work on the cross. That he lived, he died, he lived a perfect life to be the sacrifice, uh, the paying the penalty that we deserved. That is what Christ did on the cross so that we might be united in him. And he says, don't think of yourselves more highly than you ought. And I think one of the ways that this plays out is don't just be looking whenever you're at a church for how the experience makes you feel or all the things that it offers you or all the things that are cool about it. In other words, don't look for the most powerful worship experience. Don't look for the most dynamic teaching. Don't look for the best branding or the coolest shirts, but look for something else. What does he say about us? He says that we are all different, but a part of one body. And we have a job to do in this body. We all have different members, different roles. Just like a hand is meant to pick things up, a a foot is meant to take me where I want to go, right? It's, It's meant to design, it's designed for me to walk. So similarly, we are all unique. So in the span of three verses, Paul makes some interesting remarks about the church, Yet the one thing I come back to is that when looking for a church, don't look for how you can be served. Look for how you can serve. Don't look for all the things that it's offering you, but look for the ways in which you can invest, in which you can serve others. See, I hate to break it to you, but the biggest need in our church, 
or the biggest need in church, I should say, is not the best worship experience, the most dynamic teaching, the coolest branding. Those are not the things that help me follow Jesus. The things that help me follow Jesus is my connection to God and my connection to others. See, God created us to serve each other, and a way that we love God is by loving people. And if that's the case, what are the ways, when you're looking at a church, what are the ways in which you can love God by loving people in this church? Can you do that at the church that you choose? How can you serve? If you focus on experience, then you are idolizing what it can offer you. You are idolizing your own spiritual growth rather than pouring out in service to one another. And see, Paul continues in his letter as he describes the church, or the local community of believers in Rome. He says in verse 6, we have different gifts according to the grace given to each of us. And if you're like me, this is music to your ears. Paul, with a resounding statement, says that different is good, right? He says that different is good. Not only should we look to, for how we can serve, but each of us is designed to serve differently. Each of us is designed to serve differently. There is diversity in how God has gifted us. And praise the Lord that different is good. Because if you go up to my office and you see, you know, my baby Yoda figurines and, you know, all my sports figures, you're going to be like, man, that guy is different, okay? And I am so glad that God says that different is good, right? Just remember that being different is okay. So, looking around at the people at your table, you are going to have different um, different roles of service, right? Paul will go on in a second to say all the things that are different. And what is the point that Paul is trying to say in verse 6? Remember, this is in the context of the church. Paul is saying that God, through his Son and by his Spirit, has given each of us a gift. He has given each of us a gift. If we have trusted in Christ upon salvation, that's when we receive this spiritual gift. And he says it's based on the grace given to you. In other words, it is a gift, and it's different based on the person. Each person has different giftings. So it's not a gift that is reserved for our own benefit, but it is a gift that is designed to serve others. We have been blessed to bless others. So when you're looking for a place to connect with others and connect with God, know that your unique giftings, your unique passions, your unique personality was designed by God. And not only was it designed by God, but it was designed for a purpose. How awesome is that? That God has designed you and all the things and all the, the experiences, the personality, the giftings, the passions that you've ha you have, he's designed you for a purpose. And it's to serve others and bring him glory. Okay, so today we've observed that our gifts, or sorry, when we're looking for a church, we should be looking to serve, not be served. And there's diversity in the giftings that God gives us. But what else does Paul talk about in Romans 12? Let's dig back in. So if you have your Bible, we're going to continue in verse 6. He ends here with a call to action for the church of Rome. He says, if your gift is, pro is prophesying, then prophesy in accordance with your faith. If it is serving, then serve. If it is teaching, then teach. If it is to encourage, then give encouragement. If it is giving, then give generously. If it is to lead, do it diligently. If it is to show mercy, do it cheerfully. Paul here is trying to tell us something. 
He's trying to tell us that our gifts are designed to be used. Our gifts are designed to be used. And we cannot do that if we are not parking our car. Now, for a second, has anyone ever been Christmas shopping on Christmas Eve? Any procrastinators out there? Okay, yeah, my people. My people. All right, so you know that when you go to the mall, whether it's North Park in Dallas or Quail Springs or Penn Square in OKC, it is impossible to find a parking spot, right? Right? You're driving around. You're like, oh, great, a parking spot. But psych, it's just a smart car. Isn't that the worst? The worst. Or you're driving and you're like, oh, that's a spot. Psych, a dually is taking up three parking spots. Some big truck with two wheels is like, oh, I can't fit in a regular parking spot. I'm going to take three. Right? And so you're trying to find the perfect parking spot. And you see a good one, but it's not the best. You're like, I can find the best parking spot. I'm dedicated. I'm committed to find the perfect, perfect parking spot. So you drive, you drive, and it's 30 minutes later, and you still haven't found a parking spot. You look at your watch. Christmas dinner is start, Christmas Eve dinner is starting in 20 minutes, and you still haven't got a present for Meemaw. So what are you going to do, right? And so you spend all this time looking that you don't spend any of your time actually doing the thing that you came there for. And a similar experience happens with church in college. You're trying to find the perfect church. And you're like, oh, this one's good, but they don't have this thing that I really want. And so you look for something else. And you go to another church, another church. And then you look up. And it's your senior year of college. And you haven't found a faith community to serve in. And you have these gifts that God has given you. And you haven't been able to use them in the context in which God has designed you to use them in. That is a sad story, friends. And it is a story that does not have to be your reality. It is a story that is not, is not dependent on you finding the perfect church. But it's dependent on whether or not you're willing to commit and start plugging in in a church. And like I said, my heart is not for you just to pick Wildwood because of this message. That's not my heart. My heart is for you to find a Bible-believing, Bible-teaching church in which you can use the gifts that God has given you to serve. That is my heart. My heart is, we are, at Wildwood, we are for the church. That is not, we are for Wildwood. We are for the church, the body of Christ, the global church. And if you need to serve at another church or if you need to go to another church, that's fine. We just want you plugged in. We want you serving and not this consumerist type, type behavior where it's like, I want the thing that is perfect for me. See, you should be looking for a way to serve your local church. And you should also recognize that God has designed you uniquely with specific gifts, passions, and personalities so that you find the best church for you. No, it's so that your gift is actually used. For those who have trusted in Christ for the forgiveness of your sins, you have been blessed by God to bless others. You have been blessed by God to bless others. And the local church is the context in which we are designed to use these gifts. Now, if you visit my mother's house, one thing, that sounds really weird. I don't call her mother. If you visit my mom and dad's house, okay, and you walk into the kitchen, 
what you'll see are all these like really fancy bowls. Does anyone else's moms have fancy bowls? Okay, I'm not alone. Bowls, uh, fancy bowls. <laughs> that was my Sand Springs, Oklahoma coming out. Uh, they have fancy bowls. And I remember one evening we were making like a huge salad or something. And I went to grab one of the big bowls. And she goes, whoa, 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 whoa. We do not use those bowls. And I was like, mom, why? They're bowls. And she goes, they are for decoration. And I'm like, this doesn't make any sense. And guys, I share that story because we can sometimes treat our gifts the same way. Where if we do not use them in the context in which God has designed us to use them, then they become mere decoration. And our gifts were not designed to be mere decorations or things that are to glorify ourselves, but they are designed to bless others and glorify God. And so when you look at the gifts, and if it's all about you finding out your gifts so that you're happy or proud or excited about how awesome you are, that's not the goal. The goal is to bless others. The goal is to determine how God has uniquely shaped and fashioned you so that you can love other people. And guys, there is nothing burdensome about serving God and serving others when you are in your sweet spot, when you are in the spot that God has designed you to be in. The way that your life has unfolded up to this point might not be perfect. It might not be how you would have written it up, but it is exactly what it needs to be for God to use you in this season right now for his glory. God is in the business of redemption, and he can redeem even the most broken people, the most broken stories, and use it for his glory. If you believe that, then you should also believe that he can use your story, your gifts, your passions to bring him honor and glory. So even if it is not Wildwood, find a place you can connect to God and other people and use your gifts for his glory. And today we saw just how easy it is to spend more time looking than actually doing, right? Looking more than actually investing in Christian community. But hopefully through seeing that we should look to serve, not be served, that there is diversity in how God has gifted us and that spiritual gifts are designed to be used, I hope you understand your purpose in the church. I hope that you see that God has uniquely designed Christians to serve the church. And because God has blessed us with spiritual gifts upon salvation, we must respond by using those gifts to bless the church. So my question for you all this morning is how will you respond?